So, praise the Lord. Good morning and welcome again to Faith Restoration Ministries and Shekinah Theological College. Our aim is the restoration of life. You know, when I first started this ministry almost, I think, almost 18 years ago, this was the title the Lord gave me, Faith Restoration. Restoration means you're going you're gonna to be restored to what you used to be. Not so much captive to what you used to be. Because let's face it, you may have suffered some kind of wreck. And maybe that wreck, you know, um, when you look back to what you were before, you're saying, no, I was doing this or I was doing that. That's what brought the wreck. That's what caused it. That's what causes calamity. I don't want to go back there. But he's going to restore you to what he wants you to be. That's what it is about. And it takes faith to believe God. When we have been broken, even physically, but think about it spiritually, when even in the church you've been broken, think about it um, emotionally, when you've been broken. And to be restored, you don't want to go back to the same things. You want to be restored anew, fresh, you know. So that's what we're about, restoring lives and Shekinah Theological College answering what does the word say. This college is online. It's for Christian education. You want to study the Bible, that's what we study, and we stick to the King James. I was thinking this past week about the King James. We'll talk a little bit more about it next time. But today I have a word that the Lord has given me. No, I'm not a prophet. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the word for this morning is, um, the title of it is, The Laodicean 21st Century New Age Christian Church. Because the Christian church of today, it is not the Christian church of yesterday. You you may say to yourself, well, we are progressing. As someone once said to me, oh, the world is progressing. We have to progress with the world. We can't pick up everything from the world. Come on, we use the technology, yes. Nothing is wrong with that. But there are some things we do not need in the church. And this is why you find the church, someone said, why are we not seeing the miracles that the apostles, what they saw? Because they're, listen, they were very tunnel vision, okay? Their aim was to see the return of the Lord. That's what they were aiming at. And they, what they were doing in the meantime, as many souls that could be saved, that was their focus. What's our focus today? So I'll be talking about that today. And at the end, we have a testimony um, or whatever it that's laid on our brother's mind. And then... We are going to have anyone else who'd like to speak. But right now, we, let us pray. Father, thank you again for this another great and wonderful opportunity. It is because of your goodness towards us, because you sent Jesus into the world to die for us sinners, that today we have this privilege wherein we can call upon your name, we can come to you and say, Lord, have mercy. We thank you for love. Hallelujah. Love that drew the mighty God. It was love for us. We pray you bless this word. We ask, Lord, to bind all demonic forces. Lord, no matter where they're coming from, all retaliating spirit, we ask you to take total control and destroy the plan and work of the enemy. Let the fire of God burn up all demonic spirit this morning. And Lord, 
have thine own way. Bless us and have thine own way. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Praise God. We're going to give you um, where you can find Shekinah Theological College um, later in the program. Um, This is our, um, let's begin. You know, before Jesus left, he gave some warning. And he gave us some scriptures, some words. Let's look here in the prophecies that we have in Matthew 24. We're going to start at verse 7. It says, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. I've heard of that. I saw someone showing the different uh, places where they've had earthquakes and they've had volcanic eruptions. Things are happening. You may not have heard about them, but we as Christians need to keep our eyes and ears open. But they're happening. And hear what Jesus said in verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. We don't have to go to the nations right now. Christians, and I've been saying it for years, right here in this country, Christians are on the siege. Listen, if this, the uh, professor in the college could, should happens to make the mistake and call um, what he knows to be a male and address it as him or him or his, he can lose his job. It has happened. But I want to know where we Christians stand right now. Where are you, church, you pastors? Where do you stand? What are you teaching your people? Do you have faith? Do you have power? Where do you stand? Are you going in the wide, wide road to please the world and their ideologies? Or are you standing in the straight way? Are you entering the straight way? We're only few. But it's difficult. Let me continue. Verse 11. Oh, verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Think about it. You know why they hate? They don't like what you do. If you're a Christian and standing up for truth, righteousness, and justice, they're not going to like you. But if you fall in line with them, Oh, God, you fall in line with them. Remember what the word says. Friendship with the world is enmity against God. Verse 11, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. This is why, what does First John 4 and 1 says? Brethren, or however we call it, try every spirit. For there are many false, he didn't say prophets, but I'm going to put prophets, spirits or prophets out there. A lot of people, but if they do not confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that's an antichrist. Then this is where I want to get at verse 11. Verse 12, rather. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now we're asking one another this morning, 
Are you willing to suffer for Christ? The only way we can endure, we have to be willing to suffer. They will say all manner of evil against us. Falsely. But we still have to stand. Will we stand for Christ? He that endure. But of the kind of church we are seeing today, the New Age Christian church, the church that has found itself, in fact, listen, whatever is written in the word, if it had not come to pass before our generation, it will come to pass at some point in time. And here we are right now in the Laodicean age. The 21st century church is in a state of apostasy. How do I know? Worldliness. You can no longer tell the difference between the, the Christian woman and the worldly woman. They both look alike. They sound alike. They listen to the same music. Listen, they behave the same way. All right? There are not many. You may find the one just like a needle in a haystack. The true Christian woman. The giant, amen, amen, the giant of a Christian woman. You won't know, you won't hear her because she's not popular. And she doesn't look like you. The next thing, greed. Listen to those televangelists. They preach a sermon and then they say, then they start to pass the plate. You want the balance of this message? You need to write for it. And when you write, they get your address and they never stop milking you until the cow dries. Greed. There's some of you out there, you have so many mansions, so many cars, even the cars, that you, vintage cars. You plan to live here, don't you? It seems to me you plan to stay here. So you're, you're caught up in this 21st century, um, new age, apostasy situation, where you're living just for the world, just for now. Then we have the, 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 those who are, who, are, who are sinful. You live in sin, morning, noon, and night. You don't separate yourself from the world. The Word of God tells us we must separate ourselves with the world. If you get married to the world, you are being unequal. You have to break off that yoke, break off that relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's not Christ-like, you don't need to be part of that. You don't need to be in partnership with the world. It's enmity against God. You know, here is another one. Lukewarmness. Let's turn to Revelation. In Revelation, hear what Jesus said about the Laodicean church. Revelation chapter 3. And hear what he says. Verse 15. I know thy works. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I know everything about it. Listen. Tell evangelists the way you're leading your people. You're not teaching them. You're not preaching to them. You're not reminding them that hell is real and heaven is real. You don't remind them about living holy. You don't tell them that sin, but you're afraid to call the word sin. You know why? Because you have to please the world. Your language. 
Oh, Jesus. Your language must sound like the world. It must be pleasing to the world. So you will not tell your people that, you know, if you sin, you'll go to hell. You need to repent. No, you won't use that. But he says, but God knows what's going on. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. You know, you can tell the difference between nylon and wool. In the wintertime, nobody's going to dress in a coat of nylon. You put on wool because why? It's cold. In the summer, nobody walks out the door in the broiling sun in, um, in, in wool because it's hot. There's a difference between hot and cold. And they say here, you're neither cold nor hot. And then think of Jesus. See what he says. I wish you were cold or hot. I wish you were one or the other. Because then I could help you. I could strengthen you because you're hot. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise God. If you're cold, I could shove some more wood under you so that you, you, you could get warm. But I can't help you. So this is what I'm going to do. So then, verse 16, because the word lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Many churches today, oh yes, they have thousands of people. And the it's not no longer pastor, come on now, the manager or the, um, the, the executive officer or the chief executive officer, call it whatever you will. He just goes in there, does his thing on a Sunday morning, and out he goes. Get in his helicopter, you can't even shake his hand. He's so powerful. You can't even touch his garment. Think of Jesus walking among the crowds, and people could touch his garment. These are these Hollywood elites. Yes, idols. And you know who made them idols? You. You who go to those churches. You follow them. That's why when they fall, you all of you become like dominoes, one after the other. The, the, the head man fell, so all of you follow him. Let me say here this morning, you're either for Christ or you're against him. You're either hot or you're cold. If your church is a Laodicean church and you're attending that church, you need to start, get on your knees and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to tell you to leave. You've got to make, a, make that judgment yourself. But hear what Jesus said. I'm not finished there. He said, because he said, um, verse 17, thou sayest, I am rich <laughs> and increased with goods and have no need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That is a Laodicean 21st century New Age church. You want to find a church where the presence of the Lord is? You won't see that one on TV. You won't hear about it. Someone's about it's word of mouth. That's how you're going to know. The pastor who's living for the Lord is not known 
other than God who knows him and the few people who follow him. Let me say here, you need to test your church and find out what temperature your church is. And remember, the church is not the building. When you go in, what do you feel? What do you bring? Are you living for the Lord? Because there are many people who only live for the Lord. And, are, and I'm just boring those, those words, okay? Live for the Lord. I'm boring that phrase. On a Sunday morning, everyone is singing, Holy, holy, holy. Everyone is saying, I love you, Lord. Or they sing something that the rest of us can't follow. Because it has neither. Listen, it's just as lukewarm as they are. Insipid. Today, as Jesus said, only he that endures to the end. And you cannot endure if you're cold. You can't endure. I shouldn't say if you're cold, you can get warm. You cannot endure if you're lukewarm. No one is going to trust you. You keep shilly-shallying. You're neither here nor there. Today you're up, tomorrow you're down. And you don't know God. You don't care about God anymore. Let me show you how you, your lukewarmness, how it shows up. The worship. You go to some churches. You hear a lot of being a bang, 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 being a bang, bang, bang. And when you're listening for a word from the song, no, no more songs such as leaning on the arms of Jesus. Safe and secure from all alarms. You don't hear those songs anymore. You don't hear great is thy faithfulness anymore. Because you know what? They don't need God. Everything they get is at their fingertips. So God is, they don't need God. They don't need to pray for needs anymore. Because it's right there. Everybody's rich and everybody can get, get a, you know, live without Christ. But let me ask you a question. Where do you think you're spending eternity? Have you been reminded that hell is real? Hell, H-E-L-L, -L, is real. And you cannot go and say, well, you know, Lord, uh, I, had to, I had to please those people. Uh, you know, Lord, if I, if I had said such and such, they'd have taken away my 501c3. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. You know what he's saying to us all this morning? Look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about this writer, after he had given, you know, the message about the different people of faith, how they overcame, Oh, praise God. They overcame. He said, they overcame. And now, having seen that, you've heard of it. Verse 12 of Hebrews 11, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Oh, my God. Do you all remember when Jesus said to the rich man, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. I'm saying to you televangelists out there, you multimillionaires, but every month you're still begging. Every service you're still begging. Every time you come on TV, you're begging. 
you're never satisfied. You know, it's just like the grave. The grave is never satisfied. There's always space in the grave for another one. And so are you. You say, lay, lay aside every weight. And hear what he says. The sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to challenge you, Taliban. Yes, I'm coming after you. You can find me on the television, on, on, on the internet. I'm at um, Faith Restoration Ministries, Jekina or um, Jekina Theological College. Our website is www.frministry.org. Send me your letters. Because so long as God gives me the opportunity, I am going to let you know what you're doing is wrong. You're too greedy. You're too greedy. You're never satisfied. You're just like the grave. Just like the grave and hell. Hell never says enough. There's always room for more. And many of you, you're going to take your riches. Not even the devil going to want it. Get rich. Listen, it is time for you to start preaching the word. Preach the word. Teach the word. Paul said it. He, he told um, Timothy, Ah, Lord Jesus, somewhere here in Timothy, where he tells him, he said, preach the word. But many of you are not preaching the word. You know why you're not? Because you're afraid you're going to lose. The... Here it is, Second Timothy 4. Let's begin. I'm, and I want to borrow um, Paul's words this morning. Second Timothy 4, beginning at 1, he says, I charge thee, and I'm talking to you, Pastors, whether you're televangelists or whatever evangelist you call yourself, or if you're sitting back and God has called you and you're just sitting back and not doing what God has called you to do, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, that means the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom, Hear what he's saying now, verse 2. I know many of you don't read the King James. And let me say here to you, you make all kinds of false uh, narratives on the King James Version. Oh, we can't understand those words. Oh, I don't use those words. I use the modern version. And there are some of you, you're so stupid. Yes, stupid. You don't even use the, 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 the Old Testament anymore. Something is wrong with you. But hear what he says. Preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season. Reproof. <laughs> dear, I dare you. Pastor, I dare you. I challenge you this morning. Go in your church and start reproving sin. I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> Oh, no, I can't do that. I lose my 501c3. Oh, congressman such and such, won't, he won't come. Oh, the mayor won't come. Hmm. Let me say here, the mayor, congressman, not even the president, not even the prime minister, not even the king or the queen 
can put you in heaven, nor can he put you in hell. That's a choice you make right here where you are, as I'm talking today. So he said you are to reprove. You're also to rebuke. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. But so many of you have left off the Christian doctrine. Oh yes, you're preaching a new age from your new age Bible. <laughs> yes, your new age Bibles. That's where you preach from. That's where you teach from. And you know what it is? It's that mechanical toy that you walk around with. Many of you don't bother to walk around with your Bibles. No, no, no. You, you, you see, they come to church. They, they, want, they, they come, say they have a word, and you see them open up their, their mechanical toy. What if the battery died on your way there to church? What? You'd be lost? You'd be lost? You'd be like a fish out of water. Have you seen a fish out of water? <laughs> He's trying, listen, that's just what you'd be. Or a fowl trying to find a place to lay. Or one of his head partially cut off. That's how you would be. But when you stay in the Word, when you have time for God, when you spend time on your knees, do you remember those days when you first started? You remember when you only you had a few people, a handful of people? You remember when you were renting a little, a little place? My God, a shop front, store front. But God bless you. Said, you said God bless you because some of you have sold yourself to the devil. You don't know we know, but we know that. Oh, yes, we know. You sold yourselves to the devil. And I see he's the one who's supporting you financially. Yes, because he sends the right people in there. Rich people. People who, who believe what you believe and you preach what they want you to preach. Oh, God, Almighty, help us today. That's what you do. It is time to tear down those kinds of buildings that you have in your churches. Time to tear down the seat of Satan. Time to remove Satan from where God should be. It is time. Jesus Christ is coming back. Will you be able to endure? That's a word. Only those who endure. Hear what he says. And many... False, this is ver- I'm back to Matthew 24. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. That's what many of you are doing today. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Oh, God doesn't count that. God understands. And you use your psychology. <laughs> ah, Lord, help us today. You know, at times I really marvel when I see the condition of the church, what church used to be. You go in, you could feel the anointing because people came to worship God. But today they don't come to worship God. You know whom they come to worship? The man up top there. You know, the one the CEO, he's the one that comes to worship. But let me say here, you can I've heard of people who gave up to ten thousand dollars. I know of a particular situation. And when that person fell into hard times and went to the church. They told her where to find a shelter. Oh, you evil, evil so-called pastors. It happens. You don't know. You're not listening to the right people. And those of you listen to me, sending your monies to them, shame on you. And yet when you're sick, this is not something someone is telling me. When you're sick, you know who you call? <laughs> not Ghostbusters. You call the little pastor whose church you bypass and go to the go to the big church. They, they tell evangelists, what do you call it? The mega churches. 
God help us. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 7? Many shall come to me in that day and said, I did this and I did that and I did the other. You know what Jesus said? I never knew you. Well, I didn't know you. Who are you? Are you sure you're at the right place? He's going to turn away from you. He said, I don't know. You know what he says? Depart from me. I don't know you. All those televangelists, you sit at home and you're worshiping them. And you're sending all your monies to them while a local preacher down the road, you don't want to help him. He's too local. Oh, he's on TV. Oh, he doesn't dress on um, Ita- in Italian suits that don't crease. <laughs> so what if they crease? That's what we have. Um, what do you call it? Okay, you know, we're going to get your clothes um, conditioned. Um, get, get them, you know what, tailored, whatever whatever has to be done. Can't remember some of those things. Nevertheless, that's not important right now. Your soul is important. Your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, does he know you? It's not that you know him. You know the televangelist. You go on the street, you meet him, he does not know you. But we have never seen Jesus. But if we have a, we can have a relationship with him. And on that day, he would say, come enter into the joy of thy father. Because we had a connection with him here. What is most important? Knowing Jesus and going to a little church. Okay? Where the preacher may not be able to um, call, use those big, big words. <laughs> yes. And at times they mix the verbs with the with the with the, with the, with the what now the adjectives and they mix the plural of the singular, but they got the message over, because that's why you're still there. Pray for your pastor. I'm coming down now, and and give way to others to say a word. But we must endure, because iniquity. Right now, and I don't believe he's talking only about iniquities in the word. I believe he's talking about the iniquity in the church. Oh, God have mercy. Do you know that there's even witchcraft in the church? There are witches in the churches. I'm talking about the 21st century, New Age, Christian church. Yes. What you talking about? I know what I'm talking about. Witches, familiar spirits. Pastors who use certain signs. Oh, God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. To bewitch their people. They're not serving God. Do you think every pastor you see out there, whether on TV or otherwise, is really serving the Lord or has a connection with the Lord Jesus Christ? They know the word. Say they knew the word too. Of course. They know the word. And also, demons know who you are. Do you remember what they said to Jesus in Mark 1? I know you. I know who you are. (laughs) And And I'm just going to borrow my word. Use my word. Shut up. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. And another place. They said, have you come to torment us? Legion. Have you come now to torment us? They know Jesus. They know you. They know the person who is living for the Lord. They know the one who has time to fast. Oh, hallelujah. They know the one who takes time to pray. They know the one who doesn't wait until he or she gets a church to pray. That person takes time to study the word. They know them. So they don't fall. Those persons have not fallen into apostasy. 
You can tell the ones who fall in apostasy. Look at those women. You think that they, they don't have nails. They have claws. When they say they're raising their hands, Ooh, praise the Lord. When you look, you see some long claws, all different colors, dress up, different colors, and it well manicured, not, not, not artistic, yes, artistic manicure. We look at their eyelashes, long, long, one inch long. I don't know, you don't get in there. You go too close to them, they're going to stick you in your eye with their long eyelashes. And have on three pounds of hair on their head, human hair, that they kill people in other countries to get their hair. Did you know that, lady? Did you know that that real hair you wear on your head, it comes from a dead person? Did you know that? And then there are those of you, finally, who are saying to yourselves, I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going back to church anymore because I made a mark a few months ago and I expected God to do this. I don't believe in God anymore. Let me say here today, God is watching you. You must know what you believe. You must know if you're hot or you're cold. You must know where, where you're going at the end because there's only one of two places. There's no place called, that's called purgatory. And when you're dead, no one can pray you into heaven. Let me repeat, when you're dead, no one can pray you into heaven. Years ago, a woman told me her some person, somebody died, and one of the relatives went to the Catholic Church to have this paid a lot of money. <laughs> Lord, talk about the devil. Talk about the devil being a thief and a liar. There's no such thing. You want prayer, do, get it before you're dead, get it while you're sick or while you're here. Now, let me say here, the least little man in the church who can't read well, or old woman in the church who can barely see out of, even out of her glasses, you ask her to pray for you. Ask that old man to pray for you, because they know God. They know the Lord, who is their shepherd. When they said, Jesus, he said, yes, son. Yes, daughter, because they have a relationship with him. When they pray, oh, Lord, touch this man, touch this woman, and you will be healed. Nobody, nobody can pay for your soul out of hell. Now is the time to repent. Now is the day of salvation. And I'm inviting you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many cars you drive. It doesn't matter who you are or many letters you have behind your name. I've also said the only three letters I have behind my name, it is SS, let me see, SSBG. I was never good at math. Four letters, SSBG. And if you are a born-again Christian living for the Lord and not ashamed of Jesus Christ, you have that name there too. Because guess what? You know who sealed you? The Holy Spirit. He sealed you. Ephesians 1, 13, 14, read that. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And listen, you stay sealed. It is not a matter of once saved, always saved. There's no such doctrine. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Let me say how you can remain saved. You remain saved, and you find that one of the scriptures in Colossians 1 and 23, he said, you must remain grounded, hallelujah, firmly planted in Christ. Then you can say, yes, I am 
saved. I am living for the Lord. But you don't come with this nonsense, once saved, always saved, but you're still living in sin. No, it doesn't work. Not with Christ. No, no, no. Someone is, is really fooling you. Hear what and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. If you want to remain saved, he says, Therefore, and I'm saying it to us all today, my beloved brethren, be ye one steadfast. It doesn't mean you will not fall. You will not slip. But when you do, you go, Ouch, oh Lord, forgive me. And he'll help you up. Unmovable. That means no matter when those tricksters come, and tell you Jesus is over here. Remember what Jesus said? They're going to tell you I'm over here or I'm over there. Mark 13. But I'm not. They don't believe them. And because the days are shortened, we are protected. They can't deceive us. So remain steadfast, unmovable. Here's the other part. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means you don't you may not get a paycheck at the end of the week, at the end of the month. You won't see a paycheck. There are many of us who minister, but we don't get a paycheck. We minister from our own whatever we have, whatever um, bills we have to pay. We do that because why? We are here to reach the world. We're not here to get rich. Uh-uh. <laughs> Listen, there used to be an old song long time ago, send up my timber. In heaven, that's what we do. We don't need to set it. Listen, I love things that are beautiful. I love nature. I'd love to be able to sit outside, even when the moon's shining and so on, the stars and on a sunny day. But then, look, we have storms and we have thieves. We have crooks. We have bullies. We have people who break into your place. You can't even sit outside anymore. You know what I mean? And now you better, you can't even go without your mask because nobody will know what you look like these days. So what I'm saying, I want to build it up there. I want to build it so at the end the Lord will see that, yes, Lord, it is there, you know. But too many are building for down here. We do not care. So he said, for uh, abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So I want to encourage us all this morning. Do what you can for the Lord. Live for the Lord. Live that at the end of your day, you're going to hear, well done. Do not be part of these 20, 20, um, 20, 21st century New Age um, church. That's what it is, New Age. It's a new form of New Age, as they're calling Christian church. But in many of those churches, the devil has taken over. They are worshiping the CEO because they're not, they don't call themselves pastors anymore. You notice even some of the men, how they dress? You're a disgrace, I'm telling you now. Women, the way you dress the church, you're a thorough, utter disgrace. Many of you could, there's no way you could go. Listen, there's a, there's a female judge here. We all know her. She will ask, where do you think you were going? Go outside and dress up and put something. I've seen where she sent women out to go and get something cover up their chest. And some of you don't even have the reverence for Christ. Don't have the reverence for God. You're going there see-through, tight. You could see every curve. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a disgrace. 
Yes, I say it. You are a disgrace to the name of Jesus Christ. Shame on you. Repent. Let me say here. You know which church Jesus is coming for? The one that is blood-bought. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blood-bought church that he paid a price for. The 21st century New Age Christian Church. No one died for that church because you live anywhere you want to live. That's a wide road church. That's where most people go. And by the way, those who are in the straight and narrow, they won't even invite you to come. They won't invite you to come and warm their benches. But I want to say here today, I'm very serious about what is going on in the churches. It hurts me day after day when I look and I see what is happening in the church of Jesus Christ. Let me say here, it will not, you cannot go before God and say, God, well, you know, I had to live up to the culture. You've heard about cancel culture. Well, it must not be in God's church. When we worship him, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. There is no cancel culture in the church of Jesus Christ. You call sin, sin. Okay? Sexual deviation is sin. So you call it sin. If the word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong. If he says it's wrong to go and take someone else's wife, it is still wrong. It was wrong when it was written by Moses. It is still wrong today. If you lie on someone, it is still sin. It is still wrong. You stole from someone, it is sin. It is still wrong. Then It was wrong then. It is wrong today. Why do you think they have laws? <laughs> you know... It's so some people are just so foolish. They don't want the Ten Commandments in the in the courthouses. But guess what? They don't want it in the schools. But why? If that if they are so much afraid of the Ten Commandments in the courthouses or in the schools, why don't we? Why don't you allow people to steal steal what you have? It won't be stealing anymore. No one will be breaking. I think it's the Seventh Commandment. Committing it won't be adultery anymore. It tells me you're all a bunch of hypocrites. You'll take what you want out of the word of God and you'll make laws pertaining to those. But the laws, the other moral laws that Christ talked, the word of God talks about, you, you, you know what you do? You shove them aside. Oh, no, 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 that doesn't count. But I want you to know there's a real hell and there's a real heaven. And I implore you today, choose the right road. Choose a road that will lead you to life everlasting. Go on the narrow road. Go into Matthew 7. Go to, the, go to Luke 7, Luke 9. Search the scriptures. Choose the right road. Jesus is still calling for you. Listen, he came to the world to give his life for the world, and he did. He gave his life for the world. In a few weeks from now, we'll be celebrating Easter. Are you a hypocrite when you go to church or you're celebrating Easter, but yet you don't know the man who, 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 um, who caused Easter? Don't you see how foolish you are? You have an opportunity today. Turn your life over to him. Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Lord, I want to know that when you come, I am ready. If you have not been living for him, here's your opportunity. Here's a chance. Say, Lord, forgive me. I've just been going to church. That's all I've been doing, Lord. But I don't have a relationship with you. 
It's only that relationship where Jesus knows you and you know him. That's all that's going to count. If you don't know him, then it's not going to work for you. He will turn you away. Say, I don't know you. Today, if you'd like us to pray for you at some point, you want to be on our live broadcast, you can call us at 678-964-4096 or 770-347-8320. Or you can go to the website. You'll find us at www.frministry.org. Listen. If you want the truth, come to faith restoration. If you want it watered down, don't even ring our bell. We have someone who's going to give a testimony. Are you ready, my brother? Yes. Praise God. Go right ahead. Praise the Lord, Pastor. I'm just so blessed today to be here because I remember a few weeks ago, this time I woke up in in the hospital. But just to let you know, um, five years ago, I went to that hospital, the same hospital. Wasn't feeling well. Hurting. And while I was there, you know, you know, you go into a ER, you get blood work. And was there, and later on, the doctor came and looked at me. Well, I can see that you're hurting. Something is wrong with you, but I just don't know. Isabel, your blood work look good, but I just can't tell what's going on with you. But looking at you, I can see that you're hurting. The doctor said to me, in another two hours, we will be doing another blood work on you and see what's going on. And when the doctor walked out of the room, I heard a word, just one word in my spirit. And the word that came to me was conqueror. Hmm. And I said, I know the definition of conqueror. And I said, I am a conqueror. Amen. And I started to repeat that word. I said, I am a conqueror. I am. And the nurse came in. About 15 minutes later, and I told the nurse I want to go home. <laughs> and I said, no, you can't go home now. I said, I want to go home. Because God gave me the word that I am a conqueror. I didn't tell the nurse that, that God gave me the word. But God spoken to me, and I take hold of that word, conqueror. Anyway, make a long story short, I was still there to do blood work, and then I just let them know I want to go home. And they sent me home. Two weeks ago, I went back to the same hospital. And I tell myself I am a conqueror. And, and for, for the past five years, whenever I'm going to, I always repeat the word that I am a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So today, I'm so blessed. Know that when things is not going right, when you find yourself in a certain situation, God gave me a word, 
and the word that God gave me that I am a conqueror. So as long as I live, I will forever tell myself and tell the world that I am a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Pastor, thank you all for your prayer. Amen. God has been so good to me. Not too long ago, I did surgery. Four months ago, and my own brother he called me and he said, "Can you walk?" I said, "No." He said, "Did you walk into the hospital?" I said, "Yes." "Can you walk now?" "No." He said, "Did it make sense you do surgery?" <clears throat> and I said to him, "I'm gonna be all right." And yesterday I was able to go in my garden, mm. pulling some bad weeds out, <laughs> digging some holes, plant some potatoes. God is good. Praise God. This is my testimony to you, Lord. <laughs> oh. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's been so good to me. And to just let you know that I am a conqueror through Christ Jesus, who the Son set free. He's free indeed. Thank you very much for this opportunity to share my testimony. Yes. I thank God. God bless you. I, God bless you, my brother. I really give God thanks. Somebody out there will hear this testimony, and you are going to be blessed. It's going to give you hope. Amen. It's going to remind you that no matter how low you get in your body, your spirit, your soul, whatever it is, Jesus is always near. This is why it is so important. to, to Don't be just a church goer. No. Anyone can go to church. Living, um, even mice, they go to church. Okay? Anyone can go to church. But there's a difference between the church goer and the church goer. <laughs> I hope you get my understanding. Okay? Because there are those who just go to church, just go to church because it's a social activity, you know, and you go there and you meet this person. Hi, hi, how you doing? See you next week. And the message suits them, the music suits them. But then there's the other church who goes to hear from God. I want to hear what God has to say for me today. But really, nowadays, if you go to church, you don't want to hear songs that can move your spirit, that can remind you, you need to live holy. Amen. You don't hear those songs. You don't hear the word like that anymore. So when you hear me talk about the, the, the back, way back then, yes, way back then, there are days I cry before God and say, God, what is wrong with the church? What's going on? But I have to make sure I stay close to him, stay connected while I'm concerned about the condition of the church. You see, I remember what church used to be. Nowadays, you find, oh, we've got to play, play music to suit the young people. Huh. Let me tell you, that's no excuse. Because, no, to draw the young people. This is what I was told on my program many years ago. Listen. If the mu if you're using the music to draw the p young people, then when your music go out, because I remember as a girl growing up, they used to have the mashed potato, then they had the cha cha, then they had the twist, 
Then they had, oh, my Lord God, the blues. Then they had some other stuff that came in afterward. And then after I left, I heard about the reggae. And I heard about the ska. And now I'm hearing about the rap. And God knows what else. Rock and roll and all that. They change. Oh, listen. The music changes. The dance change. But Jesus remains the same. So we need the Holy Spirit to draw them. John 16 tells you the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, not music. Music is good. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love music. But don't use it as your means of drawing sinners. It doesn't matter what age they are. You need the Holy Spirit. And pastor, if you're praying, if you love the Lord, you will know all those persons who remember how they got saved? Yes, it could have been a song, but it was anointed. Yes, it was a music, but it was anointed. How much today what you hear is just to get an Emmy. I hope I got the right one. Or get an award, get an award, whatever it may be. Today I'm so glad to be here. Sister, Sister Vizine, I'm going to ask if you close us off with a prayer today, please. We thank God, brother, for his testimony. Very refreshing. And I thank God for answered prayer. And I should encourage every one of us, no matter what you're going through, trust in God. Pray to him. He will answer you. Go on, my sister. Thank you, Jesus. Most righteous and heavenly Father, I come to you, O God, thanking you for the words that were shared. Thank you for the testimony, O God, Reminding us of who you are, that you care about us. You care about every minute detail of our lives. That you remember us and you are with us no matter what situation we are in. We thank you for that, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for reaching the masses, Lord. For reminding us that we have to serve you and you alone. We cannot be lukewarm. We have to be either hot or cold. Thank you, O God, for reminding us, O God, that we are not to follow the crowd because you said in your words that broad is the road that leads to destruction and many shall find it. Lord, help us to find the straight and narrow path that leads to life. Help us, Father God, to, to recognize that we are passing through this world. Just as uh, Dr. Seward shared, O God, O Oh, a lot of preachers, they are, they are heaping all this wealth as if they plan to stay here. But Lord, you said in your word, and you are not a man that you should lie. You said that we are only passing through. And so, Father God, I thank you for the words that went out, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that prick the ears of your people, that they will surrender their lives to you, those who have not come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you for sharing. We thank you for being in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, my sister. We have two persons here will be sharing this Friday at 10 a.m. If you go to my website and look at our calendar, we will tell you um, when uh, more about it, but we'll be talking about. You see, one of the one of the situations going on in the churches today that makes it so worldly. There is what is called a sexual perversion in marriage. We'll be talking about it. Sexual perversion in marriage. In in marriage, and we're talking about the 
marriage of um, as the Lord, um, the word um, God said. Back to um, Genesis, we'll be going right back to Genesis chapter 1, where he said, male and female made he them. So that's what we'll be talking about. If there's any other type of marriage you have on your mind, we can't help you. This is why we always let people know what we're talking about, okay? And we have them here this morning. We'd like each of them to give half a second, so you, now you know, half a second as to um, pertaining to what you'll be talking about this, um, this Friday. Who will, who will be the first? Half second. Okay. I'll... Hello. Yes, I can go ahead. Um. Um. What I'll be talking about is um, sacredness. Um, of marriage. What God ordained to be between the man and the woman, and making sure that we're following the right path, so we don't invite demonic spirits into the bedroom because you could be a Christian going to church, reading your Bible, donating to charity doing all that you think is worthy of God but then you've fallen from grace just because of the acts that you've done in your marriage that um, put you in in the final destination so that's just a little snippet on what I'll be talking about. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next speaker, quickly, half an hour. <laughs> no, half a minute. All right. Well, God bless you today. We will talk more about this. Tune in on Friday um, at 10 a.m. And um, we will. if you want to be part of that live program, we can come in and ask questions. Send us an email from www frministry.org or what you can do, you can call us and leave a text message at 678-964-4096 to say that you want to be part of this discussion, sexual perversion in the church. We're going to be talking about this on Friday. God bless you. Until we meet again, this is Faith Restoration Ministries and Shekinah Theological College and online Christian Education Institution, preparing men and women for reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you until we meet again.